What's up, guys? Welcome back to another live stream. Welcome back to another Friday. It's a beautiful day here in Tennessee. Welcome back to another video if you're watching this after the fact. If you are listening to this on my podcast, Sounds of the Future, welcome back to another episode. Uh, if you aren't live right now and you're watching or listening afterwards, make sure you join us next time. We go live every Friday at noon on YouTube. Uh, youtube.com slash Tom Dupree the third. If you're listening, um, come hang out, come ask questions, come talk to all the cool people in here. There's a ton of cool people who show up uh, every week. So we would love to have you. For everybody who's here, what's up? Welcome. Um, I see we've got some comments already. Thanks for hopping in so quickly, you guys. Uh, I'm glad everybody's here. Um, I'm going to wait just a few minutes to start answering questions, uh, but let's see. Thomas, what's up, man? Uh, I will definitely get to all your questions, dude. Thanks for hopping in early and getting them all here. Uh, Broken Tea, yo, morning from Cali. What's up, man? Happy California Day. I hope it is sunshiny out there as it usually is. Well, I guess depending on where you are. If you're in SoCal, hope the sun is shining. If you're in NorCal, uh, I hope that the weather is fine. <laughs> Uh, Kalebo, Kalebo, uh, what's up, man? How you doing, dude? Thanks for hopping in today. Burrows, yo, what's up, buddy? Uh, things are good here, man. Thanks for asking. I hope you're doing well too. Um, broken tea. Are you safe from all the flooding? Yes, man, I am. Uh, I am good. Thank you for asking that. Um, it hasn't been like really in my like local area, so it's like close enough to be concerning, but not like close, close. So we're good here, fortunately. Uh, Zarvi, yo, what's up, man? Thanks for hopping in today. Bestiario, yo, <laughs> hi, what's up, man? Thanks for hopping in. Um, let's see, Bitcoin to the moon. Let's go, man. Are we at 50k yet today? Uh, I'm, I'm, I still, I'm loving Cardano. Um, Cardano, I think it hit three dollars for a second, and it is also a wonderful summer to own some Solana as well, which I'm tracking. Um, yeah, Bitcoin, dude. Let's go. Um, and ETH, let's go. Or Ethereum, I guess. People get mad at me if I say ETH. Ethereum, let's go too. Um, yeah, it's been a good week in crypto land for sure. <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, Thomas, you have several questions. Let's uh, dig into them. Um, Kanal, what's up, man? Weather's perfect in Raleigh. Love it. Hope everyone's all right with Mother Nature causing havoc. Yeah, for true, though. <laughs> uh, hurricane season is upon us. Everybody in the southeast just gets hammered by hurricane season for like all of fall. Uh, Kaylin, yo. Hey, what's up? Thanks for hopping in. Um, let's see. Uh, Leo, what's up, man? Thanks for hopping in today. So let's see. I'm going to, what would you say? Love your channel. Ah, oh, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Uh, I work in online performance marketing. Okay, killer. All about conversions and help a friend to market their, her first release. Awesome. Becoming a music marketing nerd. Thanks to you and Andrew. Dude, I love it. Push the glasses up. That's killer, man. I'm glad that our channels have been helpful. Andrew is a wealth of information, so I'm really glad that you've discovered his channel too. That's awesome. Uh, so let's see. Thomas. Okay. Bunch of questions here. I wanted to get this question in here early. So I ran a release campaign for a whole week. Got a total of like 40 streams. It says 66 conversions. I left my audience open wide, targeted 18 to 65 at first, Spotify and pop music. Okay, all sounds good. I optimized down to just males 18 to 47 and changed the interest to indie pop and a semi-similar artist instead of pop. 
something like 50,000 impressions got me like 45 streams. Okay. I got enough data to make a couple custom audiences and lookalike audiences, but I spent 150 bucks on 40 streams. Okay. Yeah. No good. My cost per conversion is like $2.40. I let this ad go because I know I needed data. Okay. So now I've got another ad going to possibly try to get 100 conversions in one area. I picked Brazil because I'm close already. Smart. I only got 16 listeners on this song for the whole release campaign. Got a couple more followers and 13 of them saved it. Any idea how I can make this cost per conversion go down? On the new ad that's currently running, my CPC is like a dollar right now. Okay. Lots of information there. Thank you for putting all that into writing, dude. Um, so <clears throat> the first the sort of like order of business I would check. Um, so all of the issues it sounds like are happening at the ad set level. Um, your ad is probably fine. I assume um, your campaign set for conversions are really not like a lot you can change there. Right. So it's probably ad set level. Number one, um, I would check your locations. I don't, I, you know, aside from the one where you're targeting Brazil specifically to get your 100 conversions, that's totally fine. That's a separate ad set, but in your main ad set, Definitely make sure you are targeting every single Spotify territory that is available with the exception of India and now Thailand and Indonesia because they have some age targeting restrictions for conversion ads. Go to uh, Google, where is Spotify available? There's a list of all six continents with life on them, not Antarctica, obviously, um, or with human life and internet. <laughs> um, so the six continents listed, copy and paste every single one of those save those territories in a list um, on Facebook ads, target every single one of those countries except for the three I just mentioned. Then from there, come back down, uh, come down further. Definitely keep your age range 18 to, uh, what did you say, 47-ish. Um, that's fine for now. Um, I would think about probably ultimately, I would open it back up to male and female. Think about ultimately probably bringing it down to like 34 35-ish. That's usually where the, the kind of meat happens of listenership. Um, and then as far as targeting is concerned, pop music, indie pop music, similar artists, all in one field, a ton of them, all in one field, then narrow for Spotify, stories placements only. Do all of that and your, your costs should come down significantly. After that, a couple, a week or two from now, your lookalikes uh, your custom audiences and your lookalikes will be a whole lot richer than they are now. So I'll probably wait to start running those again in, for at least a week. Run this, make this ad set, and then duplicate it. Make a second ad set exactly like it and turn detailed ex targeting expansion on. So you have two ad sets. They're identical except for detailed targeting expansion. Start running those like tonight at midnight. Let them run for a week. A week from now, let's say Friday, which would be uh, the 10th. Is that right? Yeah. Friday the 10th, reevaluate, create uh, two new ad sets and remove all of the uh, artist and um, genre targeting and use your customs and lookalikes, all of them in one. Um, and then duplicate that and turn on detailed targeting expansion and lookalike expansion for that. Run that test for a week. After this first week, turn off one of the ad sets that's doing the worst. So you have two ad sets running, turn one off. Now you're going to split test three ad sets starting on Friday, the 10th. Split test for, for a full week, turn off the one or two that are not performing as well and keep one or two going depending on the results. And you should see 
a significant decrease in your cost per conversion over the next two weeks. Long-winded answer. <laughs> Let's see. Sam. Hey, Tom. Hey, dude. Thanks for hopping in, man. Uh, I'd love to see you make a tutorial for Calendly. Okay. I'm trying to set it up for online music lessons. Dude, that's what's up. Thank you for the recommendation. I'm going to write that down because that is a really good idea. And I appreciate that uh, suggestion, man. I hadn't really even thought, honestly, I, I, naively, I hadn't really thought that anybody would uh, get much out of a Calendly set up on my channel. But you saying that you're using it for music lessons makes a ton of sense. So, yeah, I'll definitely do that, man. Thanks for the recommendation. Uh, let's see, Micah. Yo, what's up, dude? Uh, I'm also, I'm almost at 12 singles dropped. Love that. About to put out an album. How do you recommend I promote the album? Great question. So I would take, um, I would take the song of the previous, uh, I guess 11, I'm almost at 12. So I assume you've dropped 11, take the song of the 11 songs you've released that has done the best and follow kind of all the rules that we have for dropping singles, package your album, you know, release the whole album, send people to that song on that album. Well, technically send people to that album. So use that song as your promo, pitch that song to editorials, use that song as the one that's going to get bumped to release Radar and Discover Weekly and all that, and send traffic. Use that use that song uh, with your album cover in the ad. Use that on the landing page, your album cover, and then send them to the album using that song as the promotional tool. And I would even, if you have a section of the song that has done the best so far, use that. If you still feel like it's up in the air, you want to test some more, test some different sections of the song again, if you want to. But the only tweak is that you're sending them to a full album's worth of material instead of just the song. So everything else stays relatively the same uh, compared to how we normally do it. But you have the benefit of having uh, market research, essentially. People have told you which one is their favorite so far, which is huge. Uh, let's see, Bestiario. Someone tagged my band into an IG post and made a podcast on Spotify with the song in it without me knowing. He just started and not many listeners, but should I be upset about it or supporting it? Um, I would reach out to him if it were me. And this happened to me. I would reach out to the guy and um, ask if he would make sure that he mentions that it's my song uh, and promotes it that, you know, as always, big shout out to Bestiario for the opening track for the podcast. Go check him out at bestiario.com. That's it. Just something simple. Uh, I would probably avoid making an enemy about it, uh, out of it if you can. Um, unless he just is a tool bag about it, then you can be a jerk in return. But, you know, if he's if he, if he he's a nice dude and he's just trying to start something he likes your song, man, I'd just take advantage of that if it were me. Let's see. Uh... O-I-T-U. I don't know how to pronounce that. O-I-T-U. Uh, O-I-T-U. Let's see. Hi, Tom. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, so my next release will be an album. Killer. Curious where you would direct people to promote the album, the album, the main single, or would your ads be for the single? Yeah, so I guess you... Yeah, LOL at Micah. <laughs> Such a similar question. Yeah, so same answer. Um, everything stays the same. Pick your song that's done the best. Use that in your ads. Use the album cover in the ad. Use the album cover on the landing page send them to the album. If there's a way to send them to the song on the album, like go to the album and select the um, song on the album 
send them there so it, it will autoplay if that's an option. Uh, I haven't dropped an album yet, so I don't know. Um, uh, this is where I'm lacking. So hopefully I'll drop an album sometime soon and I'll have this information. But if you can send them directly to the song on the album itself, that's the ideal version. That way it'll autoplay and they'll start playing through the record at that point. But the second best is sending them to the album itself. Let's see, uh, Thomas, I'm targeting tier one and tier two countries, only like 30 of them. Yeah, so that's probably the biggest issue, Thomas. That's why your your costs are so high. You just need to expand it out more. I think that's going to be the chief issue that you're facing. I've seen that a lot lately in conversations with other people, uh, screenshots, consultation calls I've done. Almost exclusively when people have cost issues like that, it's because the number of countries they're targeting just isn't big enough. And I understand the reasoning behind it. I get why you would want to select, say, 30 countries out of the gate, but it's like a it's a backwards thing. It's counterintuitive. So start out targeting everybody, even if you want to play a show in Manchester and you want to grow in Manchester and that's where you want to play a show. You want fans in Manchester. That's where you're from, whatever. Start out globally, whittle it down to the countries where you're performing the best on Spotify. Make that an ad set over time. Uh, I refer to that as trigger countries, make a trigger countries ad set. Then from there, you have all this historical data globally triggers countries wise that you can then use to apply to make audiences to find people in Manchester that match the demographic data and interest data of all these people, thousands, ten thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who have engaged with your content over the past several months. So you can have a much richer uh, seed to give to Facebook to find people in Manchester if that's where you're trying to grow. Or if you're just trying to grow in, like, say, the UK as a country, um, you can take all of that global data and apply it to growing in the UK. But if you start in the UK, it's a lot more difficult to find those people because you're lacking the data. See, it's really about data collection at first. So you want to go big and wide. Uh, let's see. Kyphos. So I am confused on my campaign. Okay. I switched to a lookalike. And started getting a great conversion rate and around 50 conversions a day. But on my Spotify, I was only getting around 10 to 15 listeners. Not quite sure what happened. I changed my link and checked my audience reach 700 million. I'm confused by so many conversions of Facebook ads, but nothing on Spotify. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what your ads or your landing page looks like, but if your ad is drastically different than your landing page, that could be some of the drop off. Somebody might click the button and then have like regret. Well, maybe this isn't the place I want to be going to. Maybe it's not what I thought it was going to be. And they back out. Um, also, I would look at where your streams are coming from versus where your results are coming from on Facebook by impression. And you may need to remove a country or two if you're getting a lot of impressions and let's say a lot of uh, link clicks because you can't see the data for conversions, unfortunately. But if you're getting a lot of link clicks, in a specific country that's not converting to streams, I would remove that country um, and see where that gets you. Um, okay, Bestiario, is your growth campaign filled with ad sets of the normal campaigns that did good copy-paste, or do you modify them when adding them to it? Um, I'm trying to understand the question. Um, I, th right, I think I understand what you mean. I always... I almost always 99.9% .9 of the time duplicate ad sets. So if I run a release campaign, I'll run a release campaign with like three ad sets in it. And each ad set has 
let's just say three ads. Um, over the course of that release campaign, I will determine which ad set and which ad inside of that ad set is doing the best. When it's time to move that to my growth campaign, I will duplicate that, duplicate it into the growth campaign, um, just the ad set. I'll duplicate the ad set into the growth campaign. I will leave the ad that is performing the best and I will delete the other one. So I don't pull those like lower performing ads into the campaign. So I'll duplicate the whole thing, pull it in, delete the two ads that I don't like, keep the one ad. So now I have a new ad set that is exactly the same as the former with the exact same ad that's performing well. It's technically a new ad set. It's technically starting from scratch, but I have the historical data to uh, show me that it is likely to optimize very quickly and perform just as well, and it always does. Um, so I guess a part B answer to your question, yes, it is filled with ad sets of previous release campaigns, as well as previous ad sets that I've just tested because in between releases, sometimes I'll just test new targeting or a new ad set or a new ad type just to see what happens because that's what this channel is about. I'm just constantly testing stuff. Right. Um, and so there's some of that in there too. Um, let's see, Leo, do you, how do you get conversions to your tier one countries to begin with? In one ad set, it should optimize all spendings to cheaper countries because they bring lower cost per conversion. Yeah, so what's usually going to happen, Leo, is um, your your initial traffic is going to go to countries where it's less expensive. Uh, the reason it doesn't concern me is because when you get enough traffic from these other countries and you manage to get your song, uh, uh, you're able to take advantage of the leverage of algorithmic playlists on Spotify. When Release Radar or Discover Weekly throws your song out to new users, that don't follow you, it doesn't like it doesn't throw them to users only in the countries where they've been coming in from based on your ads. <clears throat> so if you get a lot of traffic in, let's say I get a lot of traffic in Russia, I have a lot of listeners in Russia, but whenever my song gets thrown wide, I get thrown to users in the United States, UK, Germany, France, Spain, uh, you name it, a lot of different countries that aren't Russia. I get thrown wide in Russia as well, but a lot of these other countries get added in too. So I get the benefit of having the results from more expensive countries without having to pay the one-for-one -one advertising dollars to access those customers or those listeners, rather, I guess, in this context. So I like that's why I like to start out globally. And then, as I said before, eventually, as you gather all this data, you have a much richer data set to apply more specifically in a smaller region. So if you do want to grow in the United States specifically, it's still best to start wide, collect a lot of data over several months. Then you can apply that to an additional ad set targeting just the United States. And if you're getting an example from me, uh, I was getting around nine, 10 cents per conversion globally. I tested an ad set for just the US. I got about 25 cents per conversion, which is still really good, especially for the United States. If you start in the United States specifically and don't go globally first, you're probably going to look at like a dollar per conversion because you don't have that data to feed to the Facebook algorithm to find uh, more responsive people in the first place. Hope that makes sense. Got to get a little water. Um, okay, let's see. <clears throat> uh, Ariel, okay, to jump on those album questions. Yeah, 
Uh, would you run any pre-release album ads, like a pre-release album campaign to get people to your Spotify profile or is pre-save a thing? I don't particularly care for pre-save period. Um, I just don't find it to be a very effective product. Um, I don't, even among people who are big fans of yours, if they're big fans and you send them an email, they're on your email list. They open every email. They interact with every email. The difference between sending them an email that says pre-save my song now and it'll be out this Friday in five days or my song will be out this Friday in five days. They're probably just going to go in five days and listen to the song. So I don't see a ton of benefit for the effort with a pre-save campaign. Um, as far as ads are concerned, if you're going to do ads for your album upcoming I would probably only do it to your followers, to your current fans. I would not do cold ads to a cold audience to say my album is upcoming. I would only do that for an existing release. I would only target cold. I would only use cold targeting for an existing release. So if you have an email list, you have a healthy follower account and engagement, uh, follower amount and engagement on Instagram, then run ads to them. Certainly, I think that's great. Um, but outside of that, I probably wouldn't worry too much about the pre-release thing. I would, like before your album comes out, it's best to let your people know, but that's not the time to try to find new listeners for the album. Wait till the album's out to do that. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Deepak. Okay. What's the metric that triggers Spotify editorial playlist ads? Uh, and usually when do they add your music? Okay. Good question, man. So, um, I'm not positive, but I'm going to answer to the best of my ability. If it's uh, a song popularity score of 20 to get release radar to push you out to new users, and it's 30 to get Discover Weekly to push you out to new users, by my estimation, you have to have at least a song popularity score of 30 to be considered for editorial playlists. My guess is it's probably a little higher. Maybe it's 35. Maybe it's 40. It would stand to reason that it would be 40 because you get 20 for release radar, 30 for discover weekly, 40 would make sense for editorials. Um, also your artist popularity is a factor as well. Your opportunities go up tremendously as you move from a popularity score of 10 to a popularity score of 20 to a popularity score of 30. So popularity song, popularity score per song and popularity score per artist are the two sort of driving factors for that. And the things that drive that are number of streams, number of listeners, stream rate, save rate within a given period of time, usually calculated per week. So if you can get a lot of streams from a lot of people listening repeatedly within the span of one week, your popularity scores are going to go up and your chances of getting added to an editorial playlist increase as well. That's the best answer I can give at this point. I wish I could tell you it's this number, but I can't. Um. Thomas. Okay. Thanks for your help, man. Seriously. I've been really, really struggling with ads. Dude, you're so welcome, man. I'm sorry you've been having a hard time. I totally get it though. The, the like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not compulsion, but I guess the desire to um, advertise to a specific set of regions because that's where you want to grow is very real. And it's very counterintuitive to go globally because you think, well, of what benefit is it to me to have listeners in Chile. I'm not going to tour in Chile. You may think that maybe one day you will, but you may not think that right now. And you may think, well, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to play the bar down the street. Why can't I grow in the state of Tennessee and I can drive around Tennessee and play shows? 
And that's true. But in terms of the ad platform, it's the ad platform doesn't care where you live. The ad platform cares about data and cross-referencing everybody who's in the pool that it's gathered up. So the more people you can get gathered up, the better. The less amount of money you can pay for those people to gather up, the faster you're going to gather them, the richer your data becomes. And even though we're all from different countries, musical tastes and affinities, we're all humans. And human beings act very similar regardless of where we're from. And Facebook is able to look at that no matter where you are globally and analyze and sort of calculate a user base for you. So the more data you can get, the better. The wider you can go, the more data you can get. Let's see. Uh, Nukes. I'm going to assume that's how you pronounce your name. If I got it wrong, I'm sorry. Um, see, is this normal if I have less uh, streams than results on my campaign? Started my campaign today and have 20 results in 10 streams. Uh, yeah, that's normal. Uh, usually like a 50 to 60% uh, stream per conversion rate is, is pretty good. So yeah, that's about on par. Let's see, Leo, have you ever split up ad sets budgets between countries and aim for different costs per conversion? Uh, example, 30 per conversion is good. U.S. Uh, is good. Brazil, 10% is good or 10 cents is good. Yeah, I used to do that, but I used to do it with traffic ads, Leo. So when I was optimizing for link clicks, I did that to sort of uh, protect myself against lower tier countries eating up all of the budget, especially bots in those lower tier countries. But with conversion ads, I don't do that because I don't find it to be necessary. I like to stick everything in one, advertise to everybody. And then if I want to pull one out and advertise to that specifically for a specific purpose, I'll do that. Otherwise, everybody stays in the same group. Uh, let's see, Alex, your question. Hi, first of all, thank you for your tips. You're so welcome, man. Thank you for saying that. I'm glad you're here. Uh, what would you do for lowering click per conversion? I've released two singles recently and their ad campaign never seems to go under $1.10 per conversion trying your growth method. Okay. Um, let's see. What is? What are you replying to? Okay. Um, so uh, again, I my guess is based on your question, There's there are a lot of things it could be. Um, but my guess is your, your targeting is probably too narrow, sort of like uh, a couple other people in here have had the same uh, issue. So go big and wide, target all Spotify territories, but pull out India, uh, Philippines, and Thailand, uh, all for three different reasons. But uh, pull those three countries out and advertise to everybody else globally that has Spotify and your costs should come down. Three Thieves, yo, what's up? What's happening, man? Thanks for hopping in today. Let's see. Death Medic. Ah, nailed it. Death Medic TM. Love it. Why are album releases more valuable than single releases? Um, well, I, I personally prefer single releases leading up to an album release. So if you look at traditional music, which I'm never one to try to emulate because I think that the entire music business's model is pretty bad. Um, but if you look at traditional music, you release a single two or three to prime your audience, to gather feedback, to see if there is interest in this artist, and then you drop a record using those singles to promote it, right? But you're you're sort of limited in the number of singles you can release before you need to drop a record. But now, drop 
you know, if you've got 10 songs on a record, drop nine singles, find the one that's the best and use that song to promote the record. Um, and then you can have like a, an unreleased track for the album that you can show people. Um, and that will work great. That's what I would do. Um, as far as more valuable, I think it really just depends on where you are as an artist. You're going to make probably more money on streaming with an album drop simply because if somebody goes to it, they're probably going to listen to more than one song. So from that standpoint, that would probably be why. Uh, let's see, Brandon. Okay, uh, is 15 cents per conversion good or bad? That's great, dude. Uh, since I don't have a large data set you've collected over the years. No, 15 cents is great. That's super great. Uh, if you ride into the sunset at 15 cents per conversion, I'll be a very, very happy camper. So that's awesome, dude. Good job. All right, Leo, final question. Uh, dude, ask as many as you want to, man. Ever played around Google display ads? I have a hunch the new smart campaigns, basically broad machine learning could get even better cost per conversion per conversion than Facebook ads. Um, I have played around with Google ads in the past, but I have not been very active on there for the last year or so. Um, I've just been so focused on Facebook ads that I wanted to get to the bottom of the rabbit hole with that to figure that out really, really well. I would rather learn sort of the principles of marketing and advertising with one platform as my sandbox to play in rather than trying to learn two different platforms at the same time while simultaneously trying to learn sort of the rules of the craft. So I want to get really good at the craft and then take what I know to be effective as a craft and just apply it over here to a new set of uh, tools, basically. So my plan is to get back into Google Ads eventually, but I just haven't been paying much attention to it lately. Um, okay, Ariel. Uh, also, how would you budget an album campaign? Same as a single one or a bit heavier or longer? If it were me, again... Um, speaking from what I intend to do when I drop an album, my plan is to spend more for a little longer for an album. So if I do $50 a day for three to 10 days for a single, I'll probably do something like a hundred dollars a day for like two weeks for an album and just push it hard, blow it up, see if I see what I can do. Cause why not? <laughs> um, Broken tea. Could you break down a day in your life? How many hours do you market, create, etc.? Dude, what a great question. I would love to answer this question. Yes, I'll break down a day in my life. Okay, let me sip of water for this. Okay, my life. On any given day, I wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I work out first thing in the morning. Um, I finish my workout by six. I sit and read and journal and meditate and do all the things I need to do while drinking a cup of coffee from six to seven. It's me time. It's my quiet time to get my head right. So I spend a full two hours every single morning taking care of my body and my mind to make sure that I am prepared for the day to come. If I don't get that time, nothing else is going to work. Uh, it's 7 a.m. My kids and my wife wake up. It becomes chaos. I make breakfast. Uh, we do all of the normal things, get ready for for school, drop off at school, all that. Nine o'clock, I'm in the chair, I'm in here at work. From there, I like to spend the first half of my day from 9 a.m. to noon before lunch creating whatever it is I'm creating, whether I'm working on music, uh, making a YouTube video, creating content, writing, doing my newsletter, making the podcast, whatever. That's my time where the phone is off, it's in the drawer, 
and it's just like work and make time. At noon, uh, 11.30 noon, I'll eat lunch. I usually take about a 15 to 30 minute lunch break, no longer than that. I come back down here. Uh, that's when I start to do like my communicating and editing depending on the day. So I'll do my consultation calls starting at noon on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Obviously this starts at noon on Fridays. Um, Monday is the day that I don't do any of that. So Monday is full creation, phone in the drawer, creating all day. Nobody can touch me. Um, Wednesday, I do normal schedule, Friday, normal schedule, and then Tuesday, Thursday, uh, as well, I guess. Um, so I do my like communicating, consulting things right after lunch, uh, where I'm talking to people, I'm replying to email, replying to comments, things like that. Um, and then in the afternoons is when I usually do the like editing, um, less creative work because it requires less mental, uh, capacity. So I'll do things like, uh, schedule new, uh, split tests for ad creative or schedule new split tests for, um, for, uh, ad set comparisons and targeting and things like that. It'll be times when I work on my website, uh, when I work on, uh, sort of design things like that. Like, um, it'll be when I edit video, when I edit audio, when I edit things for the course that I'm working on, building out landing pages for the course that I'm working on, um, things that require less like tunnel vision focus creativity and more like, I guess, sort of not going through the motions, but for lack of a better way of putting it sort of like a guided journey. I'm not having to come up with stuff. So that's when I'll do that kind of thing. So as a general overview, morning is making and afternoon is like working. Uh, and then I knock off at six. Um, well, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I knock, knock off at six or nine to six. Tuesday, Thursday, I knock off at three because I got to pick my uh, boys up from school. So that's what my schedule normally looks like. I get about 40 hours a week in a sort of adjusted schedule um, and it works works out for me. So yeah, that's what I do. Great question, dude. Um, okay, Reben, let's see. Hey, Tom, how are you? I am great. Thank you for asking. Uh, I want to ask you about the Spotify follower growth Facebook ad. Do you only use one song in that ad or multiple songs in one video? Um, so I will use one song per creative. So uh, one visual creative, like if it's the album cover for Hero, I'll use just the song Hero against that album cover. If I use the song Lions, it's that album cover for Lions. Um, and I will usually, by the time uh, an ad set makes it to the growth campaign, it is, uh, I have determined which ad is the best one. So usually only one ad comes in. In the old days, I would split test multiple ads inside the growth campaign. But now as I'm dropping new music, uh, I'll just split test it in the release campaign and pull in one ad at a time to the growth campaign. Okay, Kalibo, I've done new mixes, uh, masters of the songs I have already on Spotify. I'm planning to include them as part of an album, but not sure whether I should use the same ISRC. And if I don't use the same ISRC, do you think I'd have to use different names for the songs, like putting remastered after the title? Um, so I don't, I don't know for sure, but my, my plan is to do the very same thing you're talking about, Kalibo. I want to, um, when I drop a record, probably remaster everything, do some remixing, and I'm planning to use the same ISRC. If you don't use the same ISRC, I think that's fine too. I don't think you have to put remastered or something after it because it's going to appear 
um, on a different release technically as an album. So if you release uh, song number one and it's a single, and the, the single title is song number one and you release an album called album, uh, then song number one is now on the release called album. So it's a different release. I don't think you have to put remastered after it, but my plan is to try to use the same ISRC. You're not supposed to do that. Anytime you touch the mixer master, you're supposed to use a different one. I know that, but if you use the same one, you can get potentially the streams and the saves and everything, all the stats on Spotify to line up. And I think you're probably after the same thing I am in that regard. Uh, Reben, okay. Also, do you divide second tier and first tier countries or combined into one ad set? I put everything in one ad set now uh, for conversion campaigns. It all stays in one. Okay, Burroughs. I dropped my new single last Friday and followed the method you mentioned to me last live. Decided to keep the campaign going for seven days instead of three. Today's the seventh. I'm wondering what exact headings you look under to determine the winning ad set, uh, i.e. results, uh, CPR, link clicks, etc. Also, when looking for the winning ad set, what date window do you look at when making that decision, i.e. for one day, last seven days, maximum, etc. So, um... Let's see. I will. What do I look for? Okay. So uh, what do I look for? First of all, number of conversions and cost per conversion. Uh, those are the two biggest ones. Next, I look for click through rate and I look for um, another one that's not a huge impact, but I do look at the number of 95% video views that I'm getting off of the ad as well. So those things combined, like the most important was how many conversions I'm getting and how much is it costing me. After that, what at what rate are people clicking through? And after that, how many people are watching this video all the way through? So those are the ones I look at. As far as um, what window do I look at? I look at the full time. So I'll I'll expand it out to the full time the ad has been running, but I will check it each day after I look at the overview to see how it's trending, uh, because day one will tell a very different picture from day seven. So I'll look to see how it's trending. If it's trending, the results are getting better and better over time. And it, maybe it's not all across the board winning as of now, but if it's trending to win, then that tells me a lot as well. Intact. Hey man, again here, your live streams are obviously catching my attention a lot of times. That's what's up, dude. I love it, man. Glad you're here. Uh, okay. Let's see. Kalen. Hey Tom. I got a thousand streams and a 20% save rate in the first week. Love that. Awesome. Will I get put on release radar or discover weekly? How did it do? Also, can you change each ad sets budget individually in one campaign? Okay. So, uh, 20% uh, save rate is great. A thousand streams is great. I can't say if you'll get on release radar or discover weekly because I don't know the popularity score. If your popularity score is at 20, it's likely you'll get a small release radar bump. I say small because a thousand streams is great, but the big bumps I've seen have come over two or 3000 streams in the first week. So that's a factor as well. Um, can you change each ad sets budget individually in one campaign? Yes, you can. So I, I always recommend campaign budget optimization beyond, but you can set ad set spending limits at each ad set. So if there's an ad set you want to spend at least an amount, you can set that, or if you want to cap the amount it can spend, you can do that. And you can do it for multiple ad sets if you want to. Uh, DT11. Okay. Hey, I've got an algorithm-based question. Okay. 
I had a great boost from a previous song using Facebook ads with a small budget. And for my new release, I spent more with similar saves, etc. However, it tripped release radar a week earlier with a smaller bump as the popularity score was slightly lower and then didn't re-trip the week after ever have similar uh, ever have similar effectively paying more vastly reduced my algorithm boost. So that kind of thing, D, uh, DT11, I mean, it always is going to come down to the song. Every song just acts differently, which is super frustrating, which is the nature of the game. Um, usually what I find to be the case is if you, if you get it one week, the week after you probably won't. And then the week after that, you'll get it again. So it's like an every other week cycle is in my experience, what happens with the algorithmic pushes. So it's like it gets pushed and then because it gets pushed, it skews the data a little bit. You get a lot more listeners and fewer saves uh, because it gets pushed out to new people and new people just aren't as apt to save it at as high of a rate as uh, people who see your ad first. So um, it's also just the nature of the fact that Release Radar is a playlist. So playlisting uh, playlist listeners are not as engaged, right? So it skews your data and then you don't get hit the next week with the algorithmic love. But then the week after that, it'll perform well for that week and you'll get a little bit of a bump again. And so what happens is kind of this like up and down riding the wave over time. But um, yeah, usually what, what the case is with that is it's just different songs behave differently. So I, I know that might be like a cop-out answer, but it's the truth. Um, let's see. Ricky, okay. Oh, there you are. Um, hey, Tom, have you ever had this issue? You create a lookalike campaign, views, okay, targeting worldwide and even with a limit of say ten dollars it doesn't reach anyone so cost stays at zero with no conversions that sounds like a billing issue ricky go and check your billing make sure your account is up to date and paid up um depending on how your payment system is structured with them sometimes people have to pay in advance and stock up their account to spend money that they hold in escrow with facebook other times you just get billed to a credit card check your billing Make sure that your balance is paid up. Make sure that um, if you're keeping money in escrow, that it's uh, stocked up. It sounds like you may have just run out of funding for your ads. Intact. Okay, do you split your first priority market countries into different ad sets? I've experienced a lot of traffic from Mexico, which is not bad because they're converting very well, but split the budget. Uh, nah, dude, I'd keep it all in one. And if you have a specific region, like reason, if you want to target Mexico specifically with purpose, then pull that out. Keep it in the old one, but also advertise to it in one by itself if you want to. Otherwise, I just keep it all in one. That's what I like to do. Max, yo, what's up, man? Thanks for hopping in. Uh, okay, Bulldozer. Uh, hi, Tom. What are your targets for your release campaigns to be considered successful? Clicks, costs, etc. Great question, dude. So for a release for me, I guess I would consider it not a failure if I get to at least a thousand streams within the first week. I consider it a success if I get the song to a popularity score of at least 20 in the first week, because that means I'm going to get a release radar bump, even if it's not great. Uh, for me to be really happy with it, I want to get over 2,000 streams, which probably means over, um, well, let's see, if I get a, let's say a 60% um uh, like list stream to conversion rate. So uh, 3000 conversions. Uh, I'd love to see it less than 15 cents a conversion 
um, at maximum, that makes me really happy. So if I can get 15 cents of conversion, 3,000 conversions, 2,000 streams, and an over 20% popularity score, I consider that a win. I think I succeeded. And ultimately, I feel like a release campaign is a success if I get an algorithmic bump because that's the point of it in the first place as far as I'm concerned. If I, wa- if I wasn't concerned about the algorithmic bump upon release, then I would just do a growth campaign and set it to automate and not even worry about it. So the whole point of the release campaign for me is, do I get that release radar push? And if I, if I get that, then I feel like that's a win. Okay, Max, what's the best way to contact you for some of the services that you may offer? I sent you a private message on IG. Are you taking on any work like that at the moment? Um, Dude, sorry if I haven't gotten back to you on Instagram. My inbox has just been absolutely pegged. Um, I'm trying to work my way through that, so I'm I'm really sorry that I haven't gotten back to you. Um, So I'll check that. Um, I'll try to find your message in there. Um, You can email me. My email is listed in the About section here on on YouTube. I'm currently building out um, systems to be better at this. like building out new websites, contact forms, um, services that you can apply for and purchase as products, if that makes any sense. So like right now you can go to um, help.tomdupreethethird.com. I have my calendar on Calendly where you can book a consultation with me. So that's sort of like an an automated system, right, where you can like buy my service as a product, if that makes any sense. Um, but then I'm working on um, a course right now called the Spotify Artist Accelerator, which is going to teach all of this stuff, how to run your own ads. Um, and I'm working on that. I'm almost done with it. In fact, I'm filming the last module today. Um, once that's done, I'm going to build out a similar sort of, um, I guess, onboarding process for um, an agency offering that I'm going to provide, which is me running ads for you Um so currently not available, um, but my intention is to build out that onboarding process. And in the meantime, as soon as I'm done with this course, I'm going to I'm just going to put up a landing page to say, if you're interested in this, drop in your email and you'll be the first to know when it's available. And then we'll go from there. So in the meantime, I'll check your message on Instagram. You can email me um, as well and uh, know that I'm, I'm building out all this stuff right now. It's just all kind of happening in order. So. My plan is to have what I really want to ultimately make is just like kind of across the board, whatever level you want to access, whether it's just free stuff on YouTube all the way up to pay me for my time. um, I want to have those opportunities available for you to sort of pick and choose what help do you need right now? And I want to be able to provide that at at, at several different steps. That's that's what I'm working on. Um, Let's see. Okay. Canal, do lookalike expansion and detailed targeting targeting expansion do the same? So similar, Canal, very similar. Uh, lookalike expansion takes everybody in your lookalike audience and finds more people like that who aren't in it. Detailed targeting expansion takes all of the people who like all of these interests, like pop music and Spotify, and finds more people like that. So somebody who hasn't expressed an affinity for Spotify on Facebook or Instagram, but has expressed interest in things that are similar to Spotify would probably get pulled into that. So somebody who likes Apple music or Tidal or Amazon music or YouTube 
probably gets pulled into that from there. So very similar in how it works. Pretty much the same in how it works. It's just what it looks at to find new people is different. Uh, three thieves. Hi, Tom. Just started uh, tracking with your spreadsheet. Love it. That's what's up. Where do I pull the uh, landing page view from? Toned in stats or Facebook ads manager? Facebook ads manager. You can get all that data from there. So if you go to like the, um, like where it says like performance setup, um, all that stuff, the like drop down menu at the top right, you can scroll all the way to the bottom and create uh, customize your columns. And so I pull in the data I want to see and just create a custom pre-save column set. And that's how I access that so quickly. Let's see, Kalibo, have you had any experience running lead conversion campaigns for services? Any idea what a realistic CPC range would be? No, I haven't at all. I haven't run any campaigns like that because honestly, I the way I position am, am, the way I'm ultimately trying to position services in what I do is um towards the bottom of the list of priorities. I really want to give people more um automated versions of like productizing myself and my information into something that multiple people can use at the same time. Cause if, if I, if you book me for an hour, that's an hour that somebody else doesn't have access to me. But if I take what I can communicate to you in that hour and I put it in a course, now all of you can watch the course at the same time and have access to it. So I haven't run ads on services. I probably am not going to, uh, so I don't have much experience with that. The service thing is kind of something you get as you get to as you go down the rabbit hole of like several other things uh, that I do, I think. Intact. I get your point with pre-save. For me, this was three times too much work for literally nothing out of it but noise. Yeah, my audience told me the barrier is too high. I actually stop with that now. I think that's smart, man. Pre-save just isn't. I just don't think it's the way to go. It's not for me. Pyralid, yo, what's up, buddy? Uh, got caught up in release day stuff. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you're here, man. I hope you're having a good release day. Uh, Leo, appreciate all the super insightful answers. You're very welcome, man. Thanks for asking so many great questions. Brandon, uh, if an ad ad set has gotten around 16 cents per, would you throw an ad from a release campaign that got 25 cents into the ad set that was performing at 16? Or should I keep testing the ad set at 25 with new ad sets? By the way, man, your videos saved our team over here at Cartoon Candle. Love it. That's killer. We've got steady growth uh, since I started watching your videos. Just want to say thank you. Oh, man, that's awesome. Thanks for saying that, dude. I'm so glad they've been helpful. That's honestly, that's the victory for me. If I can help you, then we win. Um, so thanks for saying that. On your question, I once an ad set is set, I never touch it. The most I will do, and it is very, very, very rare is turn off an ad or two, but it's very rare that I will turn off an ad. If I'm going to make any adjustments, I will duplicate and, and make new. So in this case, leave the ad at 16 cents and the ad, can't, ad set at 16 cents alone. Don't touch it. Take that other one and duplicate it in the 25 cent and run it alongside. And if you want to make sure the 25 cent gets budget, because it's probably not going to compared to 16, you can set a spending limit Make sure it gets like a dollar or two a day or whatever percentage of your overall ad spend you want to give to it just to ensure that it gets some spend. Do that for like a week and then turn the limit off and see where things settle from there. Um, Max, that's a great day in the life of your life. Yeah. Welcome back to my life. 
Uh, broken teeth. Thank you. I noticed you didn't mention practice or learning or did you lump into a day and I missed it? Oh yeah. I didn't mention that. Okay. Um, so yeah, I didn't really think about that. So I am always, I'm always reading. I'm an inveterate reader. Um, so that hour in the morning from six to seven, um, I'm reading a ton. Uh, you know, I'm meditating. I'm doing all the things that, that make my life better, but reading is a big part of that. So I, I window my reading. I read um, like nonfiction, uh, anything from history to self-help to um, like finance to music to theory to mental models, whatever uh, philosophy. I read that in the morning generally. And then in the evening, I will read fiction. Uh, I read fiction at night um, before I go to bed. Practicing and learning um, as far as I guess music goes. So I, I don't really sit down to practice anymore. And this is a horrible admission. I do drum tracks. So if I'm going to do a drum track during the day, that's in the afternoon. Um, that's a, that's a work related thing, not a, uh, making as far as like for this, uh, type of thing. So that's kind of my practice is staying on the kit. Um, every once in a while I'll sit down and just kind of groove for a little bit, but I drums have kind of become more like work for me than like practicing for hours anymore, which is a little, uh, sad, I guess, but my attention has been turned elsewhere. I mean, drums, have, drums have served me so well for so many years, but now I feel this intense sense of purpose and see this in, incredible opportunity to serve through marketing and advertising and YouTube, uh, in a way that I just couldn't behind the drum kit. And so my attention has been far more turned to this, to what we're doing now, because I see a much greater need among people uh, for my, for what I can offer in this department versus what I can offer as a drummer. Um, I think I can offer a ton as a drummer and I have offered a ton as a drummer, but I don't spend as much time on that anymore um, just because my path has changed a little bit. So yeah, long answer to your question. Um, Okay. Kaifos, how did you transfer from working a separate job to doing what you do now full-time? Great question, dude. Um, so my journey of employment has been interesting, I guess. Um, I haven't had a job outside of music since I was 27, I think. Um, <clears throat> so going on 10 years, I'm 36 now. So I'm in full-time musician, well, I, I, I sort of started full-time music at 22 and had to get like various like odd jobs that you have to do, you know, like work in an office for six months. Then I had to wait tables for a while. And, uh, but I would like work in an office and I'd go tour and I'd like subsist for a year as a musician. Then I have to go back and get a waiting job. And then I'd do that for a year and then I'd subsist as a musician. But since 27, I haven't had to do that. Um, so everything has been central centralized around music. Um, recently the last like job I had working for somebody else was, uh, touring with a band called tonic. And I stopped doing that this year. And I did that for several years. Um, the reason I stopped doing that was because this started to grow so fast and so purposefully. And I started to see just what could happen here that I decided to go all in on it. And I sort of took a chance. Uh, and I've done that a lot. I have made financial decisions probably that a lot of other people wouldn't wait, wouldn't make that are filled with risk. 
um, because I've, I don't know, I've just always optimized for freedom and doing what I want to do. And I've always tried to optimize for purpose over profit. And that sounds, you know, that probably sounds like super preachy and I don't mean it to be that way, but um, I learned in my twenties how to live on basically nothing. I'm really good at not spending any money. That's fine. It doesn't, I don't need fancy stuff. So that's how I was able to have the freedom to do it. I just have always lived beneath my means substantially. So I have extra money to take a risk when I see an opportunity like that. And I think that's kind of like part of being an entrepreneur. So that's kind of how I did it. Um, I, I took, so I've taken several leaps in my life and this was kind of the most recent one, but it's like at every step, I just try to pay attention to like what I'm doing. And then I do the math of like, can I live with this making X versus making Y? And if it checks out, then I'll do it. And I'll just take the, take the chance, I guess. Um, let's see. But I will say, uh, as an additional response to your question, Kaifos, I never take those risks without calculation. So I always test first. So I didn't, I didn't try to make any money off doing anything related to YouTube until I realized that this was something that people needed and wanted was me giving this information and making this channel. So I did this for, I mean, I was doing YouTube for years before it started to do anything at all. And even that I did it for a year until I started to see any income from it at all. Um, so um, yeah, it just takes time. Do it on the side. Spend your extra time doing that first. Uh, Broken Tea, do you in-house mix and master? If you outsource, can you do a video on why you wanted to outsource and what were your steps in selecting one? I do everything in-house. Uh, I do it all myself. I like to have my hand in that process. I enjoy the mixing and mastering process, so that's why I do it. Burrows, when making budget adjustment, how do you exactly do this? Do you just change the number anytime or is there a way to do it automatically at say 12 a.m. so the data stays fresh for that day? Man, I wish there was a way to, to automate that, but I don't think there is. You have to do it manually. Um, I, I try to not change budget except for with release campaigns. And even then um, I do it uh, every three days or so is what I try to do. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lonnie. Okay. Sorry. I was, I lost my spot. I know you've mentioned it before, but what are the soft thresholds for release radar and discover weekly? Have you ever gotten on DW and not RR? So, um, the soft thresholds are 20 for release radar and 30 for discover weekly. I, I want to say they're like semi-rigid, <laughs> uh, I'm not positive, but I do I do believe they are 20 and 30 pretty pretty rigidly. Um, I have never gotten on Discover Weekly without getting on Release Radar. No, so one definitely comes before the other in my experience every time. Nylophone, hi everyone. Hey dude, uh, I'm using your suggestion of retargeting people who click before. I'm simultaneously running another ad targeting people interested in my genre in my area. Facebook is giving me a notification saying that I should combine my audiences into one. Any experience with this? I don't want to just retarget people in my area. And I also don't want to not target anyone in my area. Have you seen this before? Yes, I have seen that before multiple times. Um, I usually will ignore it for a little while and then I'll ultimately I'll end up changing it. So I would keep it as is for now. Um, and what I would think about doing 
um, what I would think about doing is combining that retargeting with a wider cold targeting lookalike based off of it in one ad set. That might actually get rid of the notification for you. All right, let's see. Down here, Peerlidge. Okay, you're replying to him. Uh, I have the exact same thing happening. My theory is that with the first song, it performed incredibly well compared to your overall, and then with the second song, because your previous song performed really well, didn't stand out much from your overall profile. Yeah, that makes sense. It's but like compared to how you were doing before the song dropped. That's a good insight, Peerlidge. Uh, Thomas, do you still work on Sound Better? Yes, I do. Yeah, I'm on there, man. If you need drum tracks, come hit me up. <laughs> uh, Fenera, hi, Tom. How much are you spending on Facebook and how much revenue are you getting from streams? Maybe you can provide at least a ratio. Yeah, absolutely. So my ratio currently is I am making about half of what I'm spending. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this is up from when I was making 0% of what I was spending. In fact, uh, one of the videos I plan to do in the future is a percentage break breakdown of revenue versus expense um, based on annual spending on advertising. So I've done two videos where I've talked about the amount I spent versus the amount I made, but I didn't do it as a ratio. And I want to start doing it as a ratio in the future so we can see that ratio climbing. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say I probably made about 1%. Um, uh, well, no about 10% of what I spent the first year. The second year, I believe I did about the same. And now halfway, about, you know, a little more than halfway through this year, I'm making about 50% of what I'm spending. I'm hoping that by the end of the year, I'll get that up to about 60 or 75%. And then next year, my, uh, my goal is to start making a profit. And I think that I will. So it just takes time. Uh, compared to when I just started, those songs spiked a lot. Okay. Purely, you're still replying to him, I think. Uh, Kanal, uh, I'd absolutely pay you to run my ads. Cool. That's what's up, man. Uh, when I get it set up, I'll do it for you, buddy. <laughs> Broken T, congratulations on reaching the point you need to grow, bro. Oh, thanks, man. So proud of you and keep it up. I'm sure plenty of us are going to want to toss you some money for your time and knowledge. Oh, man. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. I will say um, to that point, I, I'm, I'm probably going to make like a video about this. It's probably going to be one of those like Peter McKinnon style like vlog just sharing my soul type of videos. But for anybody out there who struggles with like getting paid for your work, I'm totally that guy. I have always had a hard time charging people for anything. So moving into the territory where I'm charging people for consultations and building a course that I'm going to charge money for, uh, building out like a paid community, things like that feels weird to me. It's very uncomfortable territory. So if you feel that way about charging for stuff, know that you're not the only one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'd that's, uh, if anybody's curious, that's how I operate. <laughs> um, let's see intact. What about a live stream fixing problems from one of your audience? Then you can help one individual and everyone else still has access. Yes. Intact. Absolutely. That is something I want to do. So most people have like most YouTubers or creators, whatever, have a Patreon community, right? I'm not going to make a Patreon. I'm going to make a community that is less about like, you know, Hey, come join my community to support me and more like pay $10 a month or whatever to join this community that will help you. So I want to build a community that's sort of like attached to my, my course Academy website. 
thing, I guess. I don't know the words. Um, but have a little paid community, kind of like what a Patreon would be, but it's less about supporting me and more about like paying for access to like talk. And then inside of there, I'm probably going to, on a regular basis, run a poll or whatever, run a submission contest and say, if you want to go on a live stream with me and have me walk through your campaign, submit here, put your name in the hat, we'll pull it out, we'll hop on the live stream and maybe we'll go live on Zoom together on live here and we'll walk through a campaign. Or if you don't want to show your face, you just give me access to your account and we'll walk through it from there and we'll, we'll fix stuff. But that's a that's a great idea. Okay, or a lookalike for those who have been converting so far, plus 95% view. Um, so it depends on how long you've been advertising. Um, did my live stream just hiccup? That was weird. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's just like hiccuped. That was weird. Um, so I'm sorry. Uh, where was I? Rima. Um, so is it a cold audience or a lookalike for those who have been converting so far? Uh, so I do both. I will do uh, an ad set targeting cold, and then I will do an ad set targeting my lookalikes as well. Over time, I have stopped doing cold sometimes and just use my lookalikes because they're so powerful now. But if you're still kind of at that place, I would do both. Do two ad sets. As is music. Hey, Tom. Hope all is well. Had a small release radar spike. Okay. Killer. About a thousand total streams over the last week on a song that wasn't doing super great stats wise. Has that happened to you before? Yeah, sometimes these things can come out of nowhere, man. Um, you get the love when you get the love sometimes. So we'll take it. That's awesome. Uh, Ariel, for the album release campaign, I think it makes sense for copy to say it's an album like album out now, swipe to stream album, even though the ads uh, is of one song. No, I don't. I don't think so, Ariel. I think you can just say listen now on Spotify. Because your ad is a billboard on the highway. Very minimal information is all you need to convey. Listen now tells you it's a song. How can you do that? Swipe up, period, done. A person is smart enough to discover that it's an album when they land on the page. Telling them it's an album versus a song isn't going to make a whole lot of difference to like how much they convert or how interested they are initially when they've never heard of you. So all they need to know is, this is a this is a song that's available, whether it's a part of a bigger body of work, doesn't matter. This song's available. Do you like the clip? Cool. Swipe up to listen to it. And then th they'll figure out the rest in there. People are smart. Uh, elective Theater, you toured with Tonic? Yeah, I did. I toured with them for several years, man. Those guys are awesome. Such a good rock band. It was such a joy to be in that band, dude. It honestly broke my heart to have to stop doing it. But I had to bet on myself. And so here we are. Um, I just started doing ads, so I still don't have that much data. Yeah. So, uh, definitely do some cold targeting remake. Um, BCR, thanks for today. See you next week. Yes, sir. See you next week. Oh, wow. We're over an hour. I didn't realize that. Well, I answer the rest of these questions and we'll be, we'll be done. Uh, intact Facebook automations. Yeah. That might be the only way to do it. If you can intact, um, what are the countries you exclude from your targeting in India? Um, so remake India, um, Indonesia and, um, Thailand, Indonesia and Thailand have introduced some age restrictions, restrictions for conversion ads. So I've been pulling those out in India because it's just so inexpensive. It's going to eat your budget. Um, uh, Fenera, thanks for the t detailed answer. You're very welcome. Uh, 
Antonis, hi, is there any solution to verify the toned in landing page to the business manager? Do we need to verify the landing page? So verify your own custom domain and connect that custom domain to toned in and that will solve the problem. Have you ever tried running leads, lead ads to collect an email address? Uh, no, I haven't. And I'm probably not going to do that. I think the best way to collect email is probably to tell you guys, hey, I have a landing page with uh, an email sign up in it. If you want to go check it out, I don't. I'm going to build one, uh, which I'm super behind on. But the best way I've found is like create value for people rather than running ads for email collection. I think a lot of the time people will just drop fake emails in those ads for that kind of thing. Build some rapport uh, and then ask people who you kind of have a relationship with for their email address to give them more value. So that's how I would go about it. Um, intact. Okay. Uh, Remay Antonis also why in toned in landing page, all the buttons give the same result as view content. I don't know where the event is coming from. You can, um, change the, you can retarget based on, uh, the text of the button, I believe in your audiences if you want to, but, um, I, I like using view content as every button. Um, Ariel, thank you millions, Tom. You're very welcome. These streams are always extremely helpful and grounding. Cheers. Oh, I'm so glad they're helpful. Thanks for saying that. The chosen one. What's up, Tom? What's up, dude? Uh, how would you go about SEO for audio release than for the music video release four weeks after? Ooh, that might be um, a bigger topic than we can cover at the end of today's session since we're about out of time. Um, tell you what, chosen one, can you hop in next week? Let's lead off with that. I would love to answer that. That's going to be a little bit more detailed probably than we can cover today. When is your album coming out? I'm going to waterfall release it starting next year, Ariel. Uh, Intact works out. Do you ever do ad campaigns that only target India? No, I don't have any reason to grow in India at this point, so I don't do that yet. Thank you, Tom. Be well. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you, Broken Tea. You too, man. Thanks for all the answers. Brew Rose, you're welcome. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the great value. Very good answers. Okay. 70% of women. Uh, no, just keep running ads, Remay, even if it's 70% women. Keep doing it to both um, intact. You're welcome. Okay, cool. Guys, I'm going to sign off. That's it for today. Thank you all so much for being here. I know I say it every time. I really, really, really appreciate y'all. There's a ton of things that want your attention on the internet. So the fact that you're here spending time with me doing this just means the world to me. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for being part of this channel and for being awesome and genuinely incredible people. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. We'll be back here next week, next Friday at noon, and I'll see you all then. Peace.